1: to get started, visit plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. Hello everyone and welcome to The Bubbling Adventure, a podcast all about kids and how educating them positively can impact their entire life as well as society. Each week, we're having conversations with guests on different themes, and our aim is to have open discussions, share different points of view, and learn in a non-judgmental way. Today, we're talking about birth trauma with Shah, who is a GP but also a mom. This is a sensitive subject, so please check out the description if you need more information or support. Also, please make sure to check with your doctor if you have any questions, as we're all very different. The best way to support this podcast is to subscribe if you haven't already and write a review if you're listening from Apple Podcasts. But without further ado, let's begin! Maman, mama, faisant cette chanson Papa, papa, en faisant cette chanson Maman, papa, mama, papa Hi, Sha. How are you today? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good, thank you. Happy to have you on.
0: Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here. No, of course. Could you please introduce yourself? Yeah, so my name is Sha. I'm a GP. I've been uh, qualified as a doctor about, I think it's nine years now, and been working as a GP for the past three years. Uh, I also do some teaching for King's College Medical Students. Mm-hmm. and I'm a writer as well. I write uh, young adult fiction, Okay, and I've recently become a mom. Nice. Well, you're very busy then. <laughs> more, Even more so with baby. <laughs> it's very busy.
1: <laughs> I can imagine, yes. So what brought you to become a doctor in the first place?
0: So I was, always, I always knew I wanted to kind of work with people and try and kind of help people, a job where I can use my skills in that way. And I used to like at school learn about biology, about the human body, how it works. And I used to be really interested in psychology, like I have a background in psychology as well. So I kind of went into medicine thinking about being a psychiatrist or working with the mind. But as I did more of it, I kind of moved more towards um towards GP because you get such a variety of things um so I kind of wanted to work with lots of different systems and have like a more of a varied um set of patients so that's why I ended up going for GP.
1: Hmm. Interesting yes and so what do you really like about
0: it? So it's very, it's definitely very challenging. It's very varied. There's a lot of kind of problem solving. So you get a patient will come into you with a symptom of something, and you don't. And the answer is not always straightforward. So you have to kind of use your. It's almost like detective work to get to the bottom of what's going on, and then adapt what you're going to do to help them to whichever patient you get because everyone is so different so it's not a case of one treatment for one thing and you just give that to everybody with that thing you have to really adapt to like the patient's lifestyle and like you know how even communication skills of how to get the message across to them and things like that so it's very definitely very problem solving based and yeah in GP it's such a variety you can literally get like you know one person could be an acute emergency that you need to send to the hospital the next one could be like mental health then could have someone something wrong with their eye for example and it's just really really very lots lots of different things. So that keeps it interesting.
1: Hmm, yeah, nice. Yeah, I can imagine that you must see a lot of different cases. And so you recently became a mother. Could you please tell us more about your experience?
0: My daughter, she's fourteen months now. So mm-hmm. relatively recent. And it's been a very interesting experience. Everyone says it's life-changing. It most definitely is completely from the moment you get pregnant kind of thing. Your life just really changes. Uh, It's been, you know, there's been amazing parts of it. So kind of getting to know a new little person, seeing how they Mm. change. Uh, There's so much in their appearance, their behavior, how they interact, all of that just changes so much, just even, you know, in a relatively short space of time. So all of that's been really great. But I'd say for me at least, I a bit of a tricky oh. start to motherhood because I had a very difficult delivery and I ended up suffering with some symptoms of what we call birth trauma afterwards.
1: Oh birth trauma could you please tell us a bit more about it?
0: Yeah so birth trauma is kind of symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder really but related to birth. It's something that you know it's I don't think it's that well known really people don't talk about it enough which is why I really wanted to talk about it on this podcast with Mm -hmm. you today it's it's something that can affect really quite a lot of women so they say up to a third or even more women can experience some aspect of birth trauma Mm -hmm. and it the kind of the main underlying thing, I suppose, is that when people go through the birth experience, if they have kind of fear for their life or the life of their baby, that can be kind of something that can really start it off. But to do with that, there's it's it's kind of very individual. So it's not that a certain type of delivery would necessarily really lead to birth trauma. It's more about the individual's experience of that birth. So what I mean is, um, sometimes you know you can have complicated births and they may be more likely to lead to trauma. So for example, things like emergency C-sections or having what we call instrumental deliveries. So having like forceps they're called or suction delivery, things like that. Any kind of complications, Mm -hmm. anything with baby where baby has to be. Uh, admitted to a special care baby unit those kind of things can make a person more likely to get birth trauma but also there's cases where you know people can have what we call a normal delivery where nothing's really gone wrong exactly but they can still suffer from birth trauma so it's very down to your own individual experience there's been research done into it and it shows that a lot of it is to do with the care experience that you have during birth so if you, for example, the way you're communicated with, mm-hmm. so your caregivers during similar doctors during the birth experience, if you feel that they kind of were not maybe listening to you or if they didn't take what you want into account or the way that they talked to you, if you didn't feel it was compassionate, for example, those kind of things can really impact on a person's experience and end up mm-hmm. with them having birth trauma. So it's very, yeah, I mean... It's something that you can't really imagine, I suppose, until it happens. Um, But the symptoms are kind of similar to post-traumatic stress disorder symptoms. So it will be things like re-experiencing the event. So having maybe flashbacks to the birth or things that went wrong, maybe reliving them over and over again in your head, just kind of not being able to stop thinking about them. Or maybe having nightmares about them. So that's one aspect. People that suffer with this, sometimes they can get kind of very low in their mood. They might feel guilty. They might Mm -hmm. even blame themselves sometimes for what's gone wrong. But it's a lot of really thinking about what's happened and feeling very kind of down about it. And then in some cases, it can lead to avoiding, say, the hospital where you've had your baby, just not even wanting to go inside, that kind of thing as well. Or it can lead to like avoiding things that remind you of what happened. so, for example, going for a smear test, some women will then avoid going for smear tests because it might remind them of having had examinations during, Mm -hmm. you know, before their birth. So things like that. So there's quite a lot of different symptoms that people can get with it.
1: Mm. Yes. And... It's something that, you know, must happen to a lot of women, I imagine, but we don't really talk about that when to talk about this today with us.
0: Yeah, it's definitely not something that, you know, antenatal classes, for example, they don't really, definitely the ones I went to, they did not mention that. And even medically, even as a doctor, like it's not really something that we were specifically taught about. It was only even in our NICE guidelines or like the kind of guidelines that doctors Mm. work with uh, since 2014 as being an actual, you know, condition. So it's relatively recent. So definitely we need to raise awareness of it. There's lots of really good organizations doing it and there's one called the Birth Trauma Association, there's one called Make Birth Better, Rights. there's a few and they're doing really good work in kind of researching, raising awareness but it's definitely something that needs to be talked about more because I think a lot of people might go through a very difficult delivery, they might have the kind of symptoms that we've talked about afterwards but they may not even recognize that that's, you mm-hmm. know, something that they could get help with, they may not know that there is help. So that's why it's really important to talk about it.
1: Yes, yeah, for sure. And so help is mainly sort of like a talking therapy in that case
0: there's yeah there's a few options so I'd say definitely the best thing to do if you think that you're suffering from something like birth trauma is talk to people about it so tell your midwife tell your GP there's there's something called a birth debrief which a lot of hospitals do they might call it birth reflections birth debrief and it's something that you can have for up to a year after you've had your baby and for that you meet the consultant like a consultant obstetrician who will go through your notes and they'll explain everything that happened you can ask them any questions you can share any concerns if you Mm -hmm. felt like you know something wasn't um, dealt with as you'd like or you didn't understand why something happened all that kind of thing then they'll be able to talk through it with you so that can be one really kind of useful first step then there is talking therapies so something called cbt that's specially focused for birth trauma and then there's lots of other psychological therapies as well that are available and also sometimes people need medication so there's lots of options Mm -hmm. as long as you know people are able to seek help there's lots of things that we can do
1: Hmm. amazing yes and i imagine also the in the middle of you know having a baby especially if it's your first one it must be very life-changing and sometimes confusing so even just identifying what is the, the the cause of your you know troubles sometimes must be tricky I can imagine even if like especially if you don't know about birth trauma so what was it like for you how did you live through it how long did it last
0: can you please tell us a bit more so for me, I so before I had my baby, I was very attached to the idea of having a natural water birth. I was doing I prepared myself with like um, lots of pregnancy yoga, like kundalini yoga. It's an amazing type of yoga. or some classes I used to go to which are mm-hmm. specific for pregnancy and they would talk about empowering yourself for pregnancy, getting into the right mindset for birth, that kind of thing. I did something called hypnobirthing, which can also be quite helpful if you're worried about the birth. It's using self-hypnosis techniques to uh to relax yourself really so I've uh, done all that I was really ready for this lovely natural birth um not what happened what actually happened was I ended up having a hemorrhage I had a suction delivery a va- vacuum delivery to pull out baby and yeah I spent most of I had a long labor and I spent most of it at mm-hmm. home because the midwives at the and said that I was in early labor and I should stay at home which meant that I was denied pain relief oh. and then yeah I had hemorrhaged at the when I eventually came into hospital and yeah after that baby had some problems breathing so she had to be in the special care baby unit Mm. so it was a very stressful experience Mm.
1: i can imagine and so did you know about birth trauma before were you able to to identify what was going on exactly or what you know how did you get to identify the symptoms
0: so i i knew that some so as a doctor we'd learn about kind of postnatal depression postnatal mood disorders that kind of thing but that wasn't actually what happened mine was more really thinking about what happened in the delivery and thinking about you know what went wrong thinking about um we talked earlier about how interpersonal factors about caregivers how you perceive them the way they act how that can affect their experience and things so I was thinking kind of a lot about Oh, everything that happened to the point where, like, I couldn't really stop myself thinking about it, and then I thought, "No, that's not right. That doesn't, you know, that shouldn't be the case." So then I realized something was wrong. Hmm. I did tell my so you have a midwife that comes and sees you the day after you've had your baby. So I did tell them immediately, like, you know, about because it wasn't really difficult delivery. So they asked you how it went. So we talked about that in, anyway, and then she said, "From that point, I'll refer you to the birth debrief clinic." So that was really helpful. Hmm. But I definitely had recognized. That, even after that in the early days just thinking about it a lot that something was not quite right and then in the end it ended up being for me that that debrief was quite helpful because it feels like a sense of closure about it once you've spoken to someone who knows the case who's been through it been through notes and they kind of explain certain things so I did find that really helpful for Mm. me but I know sometimes like that alone isn't enough so I think it's really good that there are lots of other treatments available that people can use if they need them.
1: Hmm. Yeah, for sure. And also, I, I imagine that you want to do everything that you can so that it doesn't happen to other other women, I can imagine. And so how long did it take you physically and mentally to sort of like recover from this
0: delivery? So physically... Yes, what to remember now, um, I would say probably a few, it would take a good like six to eight weeks before Mm. you really... You know, feel. I, I'm not going to say normal because you don't really feel the same as you did before. There's various things that change, things like pelvic floor. Like you want to make sure you look after your pelvic floor and things. You might have some. You know, some women have changes with that that need some help afterwards mm. and things like that. You get kind of bleeding in the early postnatal period. So there's lots of lots of things like that that do take time to settle with the birth trauma. I think it did take. It was basically until I had that debrief. I would say, and that took quite a long time. It took like it took over six months to actually come through or maybe more than that actually I think so yeah I mean once I had that I did feel a whole lot better but I think some of it was time it's only now and it's you know 14 months later it probably took me maybe up to a year before I really was able to think about it differently I mean you don't forget of course but you Mm -hmm. kind of to not think about it with such kind of I suppose emotional such an emotional response Mm. maybe but it really varies for some people uh it might be sooner some people you know it might even take longer
1: wow yeah and so did it have any sort of like impact on the way you know you connected with your child and how you know you're sort of like new mom uh, first few months or even year
0: for me luckily no because for some women it can affect their bonding with their baby but not for me I immediately had that bond with my baby but I think what really was for me was troubling was the fact that she was in that special care baby unit for a little while so I wasn't initially allowed to see her because that the, the hemorrhage that I had they had to do kind of a procedure which meant that I couldn't move I had to sit in one position for 12 hours uh, so obviously when she was taken to the unit I couldn't physically go and be mm-hmm. with her for the 12 hours so that was the hardest thing and that used to kind of affect me I'd be thinking about that kind of thing a lot but so I don't think it directly it didn't affect my bonding with her anyway I think it's more like I didn't talk about it that much I kind of kept it more in my head so I think it affected me internally but I tried not to the thing is when I did speak about it with people but I think because it's an area that is not really known that much about a lot Mm. of the time people would say things like but baby's okay feel you're okay and that just um to say is not a good thing to say to someone who's been through a del- uh, difficult delivery in case they are suffering with birth trauma because obviously we're really happy that baby's okay and that you're okay but mentally mum isn't okay mm. so I would say that's definitely a phrase to avoid using but yeah I think for me I kind of kept how I felt in after a while
1: yeah for sure no it must be tough and so did you get support from your partner from you know how how did other people like closer to you react
0: so I'm really lucky my partner was really supportive and you know I did have the, the midwives initially when I told them they immediately referred me so they kind of acted on it really well to refer me to the debrief link and things quite early so that was good I found what was helpful was speaking to other new mums specifically like when I started going to baby class of meeting, or like mm-hmm. my friends that had recently had babies and things because where it, I was surprised to see how many people had had similar experiences and this is why again it's so important to talk about because a lot of people didn't realise that that was not right that mm-hmm. the way that they felt was not I hate to use the word normal um, but kind of not to be expected after every delivery because you know some people don't feel like that after their delivery and it's you know the fact that so many people did just shows that things had happened that shouldn't have but it was very helpful talking to them about it because new moms can really understand having been through something similar so I found that was very therapeutic
1: mm-hmm. and also I guess even if they haven't been through something exactly you know like similar they can they can understand how they would have felt if something had happened to them uh, when
0: they mm. gave breath. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because it was still so fresh in their minds. Mm. Yeah. So they definitely could still, uh, they could definitely empathize really well. So and like as I say, a lot of them had actually had similar experiences, even if it wasn't the same kind of things that happened, the same kind of reactions, I suppose, mm. that had happened to a few different people
1: yeah that must be liberating to find people that you know went through the same
0: yeah it's good to know whether you know you're not alone that other people have been through the same kind of thing and then it's really you know it's really helpful just to talk about it with each other and yeah that so I found that was really helpful
1: Mm -hmm. because now obviously your daughter is 14 months you said (laughs) so how is it going
0: yeah so it's going really well I feel like now that Um, I've kind of been able to process the birth trauma Mm -hmm. you it means that you're much more able to relax and enjoy being a mom good
1: (laughs) well happy for you that's amazing and so
0: do you have any advice that you would like to share okay so advice I would say uh, with Pregnancy and birth, control what you try to control, what you can control, because there's a lot of things that you can't. So what you can do within your power, I think is important to try and do. So that could be things like during pregnancy, having an active pregnancy, a healthy pregnancy. So things we can do to support that are things like, you know, staying active, exercising, doing pregnancy yoga, having a healthy diet, drinking loads of water, all that kind of thing. And then with your you know birth plan, just getting like really clear on having a supportive person to be with you a good birth partner, um, mm-hmm. even things like, you know, making a pregnancy, like a playlist for the birth, something that makes you feel empowered, makes you feel good, even things like that. So then you are kind of controlling what you can. Uh, and then hypnobirthing, I thought was, mm-hmm. it was helpful if you've got kind of things like birth anxiety, that kind of thing can be helpful. So just trying to do all you know what you can in that aspect, but then also being flexible. I would say don't get too like manage your expectations basically because things could go exactly the way you want to, and that will be the ideal. But they also might not, so it's being prepared and kind of being flexible and you know ready to go with whatever, and not mm. you know not getting too bogged down in what you want to happen.
1: Good advice. Yeah. So basically, have a good have a birth plan in the first place. Have one uh and also like sort of like find the information about what are the possibilities but then also be flexible right
0: yeah so have a have a birth plan decide what you want you know if you want a natural birth versus if you want an elect you know if c-section something like that you know you know what you want but also being really flexible and knowing that it may not go exactly as you want and then just making sure that you have the support that you need as well so birth partner just getting clear on someone you know who you want to be with you in the room that kind of thing Hmm. Um, and then just yeah being prepared to go with the flow maybe (laughs) yeah
1: wow well yeah I can imagine that it must be both exciting and also a bit you know strange to plan that I guess especially when it's your first one so
0: yeah interesting (laughs) so after the birth in the early postnatal period the first kind of few weeks to months there were some things i did that helped a lot so one of them was there was talk about skin to skin contact so having your baby on your skin because baby's been in your tummy for nine months and they come out and then the mm-hmm. big wide world it's really comforting for them to just be on your skin hear your heartbeat it's very relaxing for them helps them sleep and things that's really nice for mom as well it's nice bonding so that was one thing that's good baby carrying was another thing that i found helpful and for that you can do skin to skin as well but it's just it's the same kind of thing where babies next to you they're close to you they can hear your heartbeat they can yeah just get really cozy next to you and that's like a really lovely thing and you can get lots done yeah. as well you've got baby in the sling you've got your hands free so it's kind of the only way that you can really get much you still can't get that much done but you know more mm-hmm. than otherwise and then I used to do there was some workouts I used to do where you wear baby in a carrier called carrier fit so they were quite nice as well so you can still feel like you know you're being active and things but you don't have to worry about leaving baby somewhere or you know the fact that baby's not uh so you've had to, like, you find childcare or anything like that. You don't need to. You've just got baby on you, and baby's kind of enjoying the workout with you. So that was nice. Um, and then I, I think the other thing that can be really helpful in the early postnatal period is just to get really clear on what helps you. So asking for help, but being specific about what it is you want. So for some people that could be help with baby, but for other people it would be more like, can you just come over, help me with, you know, house stuff so I don't need to worry about that. And I can just, you know, have a nap or I can just be with baby, things like that. So just being really clear on what what would help you best. And then the other thing is, so feeding, Not I would mm. say not to stress about however you choose to feed, because breastfeeding, sometimes it can be difficult. For me, it was difficult for at least six, you know, it's painful for at least kind of six weeks or so. It was really quite painful. So I I got quite kind of worried am not worried I, str- I did I did get quite stressed about it I suppose because mm. uh, I wanted to keep doing it but you know I don't I think mums put a lot of pressure on themselves and if you don't want to do that that's completely fine don't don't feel that you have to but also again about support like there's breastfeeding support groups if you want to do that if and if you don't then because you know, I access there was a midwife that did a breastfeeding support and it's really helpful but if you don't want to do that it's completely fine yeah. to not so I would say just don't stress and put extra pressure on yourself about anything. Just, you know, we're just doing our best and like, don't feel bad about what you think you should be doing. Hmm makes sense yeah one more thing that's really really nice in the for young babies is baby massage so they just really love it they can just like relax yeah. and they just like it and just really really like it so I did a baby massage class but I think now obviously it's lockdown but you can a lot of them do them online so I'd say like for really young babies when I did it she was a little bit older she was like three months something like that mm-hmm. but there was even younger babies and I think it's something that you can start when they're really young and they really enjoy it mm, and it must help also with the bonding i imagine yes definitely yeah baby's really relaxed We helps them sleep better it's good for bonding it's it's great nice sounds good
1: <laughs> but thank you so much for all this advice and yeah we will also leave some links for support in the description below for women and families who are are like going through that so that they know Uh, where where to go to find support and help yeah but thank you so much for sharing your your journey thank you for having me thank you so much for listening feel free to share if you think it might be helpful to someone you know if you enjoyed this episode then please make sure to write a review if you're listening on apple podcasts and subscribe if you haven't already that's it for me. See you soon with the next episode. And in the meantime, have a lovely day.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh.